Hi, and welcome to the Southern Soil Podcast. I'm your host, Leanna Tatum, and I'm passionate about local sustainable food production and the ways we can shift our food systems here in the U.S. to healthier, more humane, and environmentally friendly methods of farming. Join me for weekly conversations and stories around building local food communities from soil to table and all points in between. Pull up a chair and let's get started. Hey, thanks for joining me today as I talk to Ansel Jacques of Swampy Appleseed. I always enjoy talking with Ansel about mushrooms, not because I'm all that into mushrooms myself, but because he most definitely is. I know you'll learn a lot from this podcast and be highly entertained while you do. Now it's time for a quick disclaimer. We do not condone, encourage, or participate in the selling, buying, or cultivation of any controlled substance, including magic mushrooms. Chelsea Green Publishing is recognized as a leading publisher of books on the politics and practice of sustainable living. They publish authors who bring in-depth practical knowledge to life and give readers hands-on information related to organic farming and gardening, ecology and the environment, healthy foods, sustainable economics, progressive politics, and most recently, integrative health and wellness. They are my go-to source for books on permaculture and sustainable food systems and all those points of interest we cover here on the podcast, sustainable food from soil to table. As a listener to this podcast, you can now get 35% off the entire Chelsea Green catalog. Enter POD35 at checkout. Discount applies to U.S. customers only and cannot be combined with any other sales pricing or promotions. For more information, visit ChelseaGreen.com. All right. You got some questions ready? Oh, you <laughs> know me. I don't, I don't do questions. I just, we just have a conversation. No, I, I thought I'd start out just by, by asking you if you possibly had any interest in talking about mushrooms today. Uh, is that, yeah, is that yeah. something I that... I feel like most that, days that I've been awake for the last over a decade now. <laughs> let's talk about some mushrooms. Okay, sure. yeah. So, I, so I'm I a mushroom farmer. My name's Ansel yep. Jocks. I do swampy apple seed mushrooms, cover those things. Uh, and it's really the whole, I want it to be designed where I'm just going to restaurants, you know, and the farmer's yeah. market. I love the farmer's market at Forsyth right, Farmer's Market right. in Savannah very, very much. But I don't want to be like a multi, I don't want to run a circus tent full of farmer's markets all the week. I want to be, yeah. I want to be straight to restaurants and I think I'm getting there. Yeah. Mushrooms, mushrooms, mushrooms. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the top restaurants in Savannah, I get their mushrooms from the mushroom guy. I would say the best From ones, too. Yeah, the, the very best ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and only the best ones, Yeah, right? I mean, there's other decent chefs, but the elite are getting, you know, <laughs> exactly, the elite product. Yeah. I feel like that's right? where it starts. <laughs> yeah. No, I was starting to tell you a minute ago, um, I did the cooking class at the 700, um, cooking class at the mansion on Forsyth. With chef Jason. Chef Jason. Yeah. And before we head over to the market, he asked the group, because I did the farmer's market one, so they go, he goes shopping at the farmer's market, then you go back to the school and you cook. And so before we head over there, he asked the group if there was anything that anyone couldn't have or hated, and one of the people was like, mushrooms, and how the rest of us are like, oh, God, no. <laughs> There's always one in every crowd. Right? You know, so we didn't get to come get mushrooms from you. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, but your line was very long anyway. But yeah, it was disappointing, and and he that was one of the things he mentioned. He was like, "I was disappointed because I always like to go get mushrooms." <laughs> mushrooms are the answer to everything. I mean, yeah. I'm a believer, you know. <laughs> but you didn't always eat mushrooms. Uh, no, right? in fact, for the longest time, no, I've always loved mushrooms. Right. But it started uh, with taxonomy. I want to name them and kind of learn some of them. And the further I get into it, I've been lazy about taxonomy i feel like the last few years and just there's so many there's millions and millions and millions and we're we're talking about a small percentage i've heard people that know more than me just compare it to naming raindrops (laughs) you know just get this get this the different genre in order i mean so you kind of wanted to be so you talk to me about what that is i wanted to walk through the woods and find mushrooms what can i eat you know what's a psychedelic experience what's gonna lead to organ failure you know and i thought mushrooms were just the coolest thing personally Uh, you know 
Uh, yeah, I wanted to try that out personally. Uh, like, this one was a trip. This one, I shouldn't eat that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Swampy Appleseed, the name Swampy Appleseed, uh, was my username on shroomery.org. Right. <laughs> like, years and years ago. Like, just, uh, what's this one? What's this one? Yeah. You know, how many should I eat if it's these? <laughs> uh, but I always thought mushrooms were cool. So I loved yeah. them outside of, you know, eating them. Culinary. Right. And then I, I learned... A few mushrooms that have a different texture and flavor than others. We're all used to button mushrooms and portobello. Mm-hmm. I can say for that, I don't like portobellas or button right. mushrooms very much at all. You know, they're not Swampy Appleseed brand. Right, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are not local. Right. But they're that classic, you know, moderate to medium, uh, same thing, uh, umami, earthy mm-hmm. flavor with that squishy, terrible texture. That's just not my thing. So yeah. a few mushrooms kind of started... Showing me that it was texture more than flavor, and I was all right with it. Chanterelles, it was all the fancy, all the expensive ones right. I, I enjoyed. Uh, and I like the oysters and lion's mane that I grabbed. Yeah. I really like the pink oysters. I had pink oysters from you one time, and I really... Sarah's are my wife's favorite one. I I love those. Their shelf life is terrible. I can't stand growing them. I'll have a bunch of the farmer's market tomorrow, because they're, like, pinning right now. Yeah. uh, But I've been making... uh, uh, oyster mushroom salt this little Mm. umami finishing salt uh with some success it's nice to have a a shelf stable something to sell you know especially yeah to to the people passing through farmers markets that don't have kitchens that are just there you know yeah they're on they got the the sticker on their hat for the trolley system and they're just on their way you know (laughs) i want to feed those fish something <laughs> salt salt's a good idea. You can take that on a good. plane. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. like uh and it's every pinch has so much mushroom in it and it's all pink oysters because oh. they were stressing me out. Well, you know, what do I do with like the most one of the most flavorful oyster varieties, but yeah. once I pick it, I gotta sell it that day. And right. then they gotta eat it in a few days. Right. Kind of thing. So right. We ate a bunch. We gave a bunch away. Yeah. You know, our local veterinarian likes uh, mushrooms. I, I would love to get on that list, please. Yeah, yeah, but Well, now, now they're going to be oh, dehydrated yeah. okay. and turned so into a powder and mixed with, mixed with uh, Himalayan pink salt. Oh. <laughs> Just laid on thick. So pink and pink. Pink on pink on pink. Uh, awesome. But yeah, anyway, so, you know, some mushrooms are better than others for sure. And I'm still, you know, a mushroom-centered dish. My wife will hide them in everything. That's fine. But when it's just... You know, I can do a lion mane on the grill, something like yeah. that. If it reminds me of a portobello, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. So let's do um, a quick... <laughs> I, I say that in quotations, <laughs> but let's, let's do a quick Mushroom 101. Okay. So let's, let's talk... Uh, what is a mushroom? Yeah, let, like, let's talk a little bit about the mushrooms. The mushroom is the fruit body of a fungus. Right? Mm-hmm. And like any fruit, it's there to spread its genetic its seed. But right. in the fungal world, the seeds are known as spores. So every mushroom you see, you'll see them as like shelves on trees, or you'll see them as puffballs in your yard, or you'll see them as cool umbrella toadstools. You know, mm-hmm. every mushroom has it, even truffles. Their, their, their purpose is to spread spores. Mm-hmm. And those spores, you know, fly through the air. They go, uh, like in truffles instance, they go through the bellies of pigs and and raccoons and stuff like that right uh fox squirrel i think in particular uh but you know whatever this dispersal is uh that spore will germinate and this can be hundreds of years later this can be continents away it can join a hurricane and and Mm -hmm. travel you know we'll see tropical varieties after hurricanes that we i do not think you know are established here year-round kind of thing wow uh but anyway so these these spores travel and, and land and germinate and uh when they germinate they they send out this little single cell wall thick little uh tendril known as a hypha and mm-hmm. so these these hypha they can most mushrooms it's a it's a sexual reproduction so the spores are are joining and spreading out hypha and the hypha mixes together and combines with one another mm-hmm. and then it forms into mycelium and so if the mushroom is the fruit the mycelium is the the body right you know if if, if the mushroom is the apple then the, the mycelium is the apple tree kind right of and so mycelium is what, when you rip bark off the side of a dead log, or you grab a handful of soil, or you see, you know, you'll, it'll look like spider webs, cobwebs mm-hmm. kind of underground. That's, that's all mycelium. We all have mycelium growing on our skin. Mm. It's wrapped around the, the earth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's also wrapped around the roots of, and, and in, intrinsically involved with, uh, you know, all the plant life around mm-hmm. as well. So, so mycelium is everywhere. 
and uh, when the conditions are right uh, and you know there's usually rain you know after a heavy rainfall and all that evaporation happens right. they'll, they'll use that evaporation to uh, to fruit mushrooms and then the cycle starts again and the mushroom mm-hmm. spreads a spore and, and there it is that's the, the life cycle of, of a mushroom yeah so my living is not really starting with spores and doing the whole thing is I'm, I'm expanding mycelium that's kind of what I spend my, my time doing. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here. They, they're not going to, they can't see. But right. We're sitting here next to two giant stainless steel pots. Yeah. Uh, where I am steam pasteurizing a few hundred bags of uh, mulch and mm-hmm. grain hull. And so mushrooms will eat all kinds of things. Right. So certain things have certain yield, sure. But if there's like a truckload of some kind of hull going to waste, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> most everything in these pots, you know, before it was bagged, the bags are a, a special thing, but it's kind of a waste product or on its way to become something yeah. else. So, uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's not a big, uh, huge footprint as right. far as, as what I'm, what I'm taking. And yeah. even though every, all these bags have water in them and I have a humidifier, there's lots of water involved. It's still, I mean, what I'm generating per, you know, I think the Department of Ag classified me as a point zero two eight three acre farm, or whatever. Oh yeah, just the footprint of the containers, you know. Right. Uh, and so yeah, uh, I generate a lot of food. You know, a couple yeah, hundred pounds exactly. a week of food yeah. off of less water and less raw materials and yeah. less, you know, more elbow yeah, grease. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good return on it. Yeah, it's attractive enough where there's competition everywhere. Yeah, and it's certainly sprouting up and bigger entities around as well. So. Yeah. Hopefully I can stay a little small and growing rinky-dink mushroom farm for yeah. a little while. But even in the shape for the amount of food you can produce, it's, you know, it's attractive to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really cool. And, I mean, you've grown from, you started out with one container and then now you have... No, I have two. Two. <laughs> I know. So and it, if you can believe it, I have big plans for a third. Oh, cool. They just went up. Everything's gone up. Yeah, of course, everything's is. gone up. But, uh, you know... Same thing was with every single one. They sit here for six months while I go to the farmer's market, desperate for everyone's five dollars. Right. Take it to Lowe's and get some PVC and conduit. You know. Yeah. Uh, But it's fun. I like building it that way. Yeah. You know, um, while I can. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, a third container, maybe not too far in the future. It's been helping hands and equipment has been the slow, you know, lag in it, and that's just takes time. Yeah. and you kind of start, so you have a lab too. Talk to me about how you get everything started, because you're not just buying like inoculated. Oh, so now uh, the it goes through different entities, right? Sometimes it's just not worth it. Uh, but the prepping of you know stretching the mycelium has different stages, kind mm-hmm. of deal. And so stretching the genetics is usually often starting at agar plates, you know, and you're you're moving in a in a in a real laboratory setting, moving tissues. And expanding that eventually onto grain, millet or rye grain, you know, mm-hmm. it's a nice hydrated, sterilized grain. Um, now, I've been outsourcing a lot of that sterilized grain because it's two days of my week back. Oh, it's yeah. just magic. And so okay. <laughs> it's hard to say, go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, still, there's always going to be delays and things like that. Yeah. And, then, and I want to promise the chef, I'll see you next week. You know, yeah. I want to pester all the chefs every week. Right. And so uh, there's often times where you have to take back up cultures and revive them or reach up to some other mushroom nerds in the area and see if they yeah. what stage of life they're in <laughs> you know uh but you know really s- starting from scratch can be as simple as finding an oyster mushroom in the woods you mm. know and taking it back to the lab and, and cutting it up and getting some of that mycelium to mm-hmm. grow healthy on a plate and then healthy on grain then healthy on mulch and then yeah. fruit of mushroom you know yeah uh, but I, it's also nice outsourcing right. genetics because of I a, mean, you know, Penn State and some of the places that have laboratories and know-how that I will never have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I have no want to do anything like yeah. that. Uh, but I'm running commercial cultures of different oyster varieties, different pleurotus and, and lion's mane and chestnuts mm-hmm. and piopino. Um, I think that's what I'm growing right now. So. Yeah, cool. And you still, so you, when you started out, you pretty much started out just finding mushrooms right yeah so it was that that love of taxonomy was every chance i got i wanted to slack off and go looking for mushrooms in the woods kind of deal uh and it was just the perfect time with me graduating with my english degree yes i had no good plans with that degree 
Like, but I mean, like it's, most of my it's classmates so were looking around, graduating. Like I thought we were going to be students forever. <laughs> what, what in the hell? And then Where nobody wants wrong? to buy the degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thirty five hundred bucks. You can buy my degree. Probably. Yeah. It's gotten cheaper as time goes on. Uh, but no, I started, uh, or I'd always seen seas of chanterelle mushrooms, cantharellus species, and there, there's multiple golden cantharellus in the area, uh, as well as other small ones. But I mean, larger golden chanterelle varieties that are you can get in like bulk kind of things some things that you can actually make put some pounds together and i had a friend that was the assistant manager at the Forsyth farmers market at the time jason fuller i'll say his name he's brutally handsome and amazing <laughs> and uh and so anyway he got me into the farmers market he's like i did i, I still did not enjoy eating mushrooms at the time even yeah. when i started that market and i always joked i kicked more than i picked you know because i'd take these uh just terrible trolling videos of me destroying gourmet mushrooms out in the woods uh get get me insta famous you know look at this lion's mane as i bash it against the tree oh my gosh anyway jason's like you know (laughs) you can actually make some money you can make a little money with that and i'm like well no one's no one's made a bit on the degree yet so uh i'd gotten into someone had had taken the scraps of of bad students that wanted to go to grad school because what else are you going to do yeah and thankfully, I found enough chanterelles before I started grad school. Uh, and, and that was it. It was the, the Forsyth Farmer's Market with chanterelle mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I went there, and I just didn't think anybody was going to know anything about them or care anything about them. And right. people just kind of blindly wanted to try what I had, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I came back the next week with more and more and more. And then I started having the, the dream to have them all the time, not just yeah. when it's raining. Yeah. And uh, a lot of it was... was you know, grassroots get it together, and a lot of it was help from family and help from everything. All of a sudden, all of my resources were let me do the mushroom thing. Yeah. And so it hasn't been that long. <laughs> They're like, let's let's give Ansel something to do with his English degree. Yeah, everyone was very <laughs> suspicious of the mushroom thing. Like Ansel needs to lay off like selling pot. <laughs> like, no, it's real. It's real. I remember my mom's first time going to the farmer's market. You could just see like, ah, you know. Yeah, okay, he's my mom's legit. cool lady, you know, but she ain't like that cool right. for some, some delinquent. Like, why did we help him get a degree? And he's just chilling. Uh, but everyone was like, oh, so glad you're back. You, you're his mom. You're, you know, just right. like, see, I've been here every week. You right. know, like all her suspicions faded. And, uh. Yeah. Like, no, see, it's, it's little old ladies buying my mushrooms. They're yeah, not all. They're not all college. No students. matter how many you know, podcasts or, or little features that I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm always going to be a suspicious figure to a lot of people. And it's it's like it seems to be so taboo. You know, everyone's like, even Tattnall County is like an agricultural. Here we are, you know. Right. Everyone's if you're not a farmer, then someone in your immediate family is a farmer right. here. It's like this is a farming area, and still people will just be shocked that they don't magically appear in grocery <laughs> stores, and that they're just like, <laughs> you mean they're farmed? Like mushrooms? <laughs> Most people just repeat it back to me, like they've never yeah. heard it before. <laughs> mushrooms? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They and they ask about the magic too. ones, and I don't want to be like, oh, not those, because I want to be like, I wish those. Yeah. <laughs> but just the gourmets right now. <laughs> That's know? down the road. Yeah, you need to vote better. <laughs> yeah, we we'll have talk. some legislation to get in play. <laughs> yeah, a lot of y'all need to die off from whatever's happening. <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> yeah, um, I imagine you do get some interesting looks but you know i i think you also do a good job of keeping the, the mystique alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do not have it in my soul and i know i'm being recorded to say like those are bad or don't right. do that i'm like oh you're not gonna catch me saying that you're gonna catch me being very ambiguous you right know what i mean like right. uh, exactly and all the all the same like i am so good at enjoying sweet sweet freedom and you know like i never am gonna do anything to endanger myself yeah but a lot of my mushroom id requests you know and of which i get many and i still welcome i i'm enjoy. i got another few years of enjoying it what's this one what's this one yeah 
most of them I don't know. I mean, that's the, you know, but I'll, yeah. I'll give them a shot. But a lot of them are people's dehydrated mushrooms in a bag, and they're wondering, <laughs> are these they, you know? Right. And I'm free to say, like, yeah, those look like Psilocybe Cubensis to me, you know? <laughs> Depending on what you weigh, I'd say, you know, three to five grams is what you'd want to eat if you were going to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'll, I like giving information out. Yeah. But, no, I'd say once a week, as far as, like, once a week, someone's looking to buy a bag of magic mushrooms off, right. me, you know, like all the time, just constantly bombarded. It would be like the, the margins would be great. Uh, uh-huh. But until then, you know, it's a schedule one narcotic still. Yeah. Which is... Uh, bizarre, right? So bizarre. I mean, there's like a written definition of what, you know, classifies a schedule one. Yeah. And there's just like some of the contradictions of, you know, you can't same overdose with, uh, from it. There's no physical addiction right? from it. Yeah, just old antiquated nonsense. Yeah, you know? and it's—I'd say even more than than cannabis. You know, it's 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 trendy now. I like all the legislation changes on cannabis. Yeah, you know, more more cannabis, but yeah. uh, there's more science, uh, more like you know peer-reviewed, nice primary source science uh, behind psychedelic mushrooms and stuff from the fifties mm-hmm. uh, than there is cannabis. Still. Yeah, I, mean, I read like, a study recently there. about um, treating was it there's a list that i mean yeah it was ptsd yeah this one was ptsd and um yeah i mean and i think people always go to like the recreational aspects it's just like with marijuana and it's like but there's so much beyond yeah for for most of of humanity you know like (laughs) the psilocybe cubensis that everyone cultivates and that's famous in the southeast for growing in cow patties that's only as new as bovine is to the area. You know, that's not that new. It's a few hundred years. We've got a bunch of cows in the area. But, like, humanity in Mexico tripping on mushrooms and stuff, uh, and, and South America and places like and, and other places in the world, but it, it got to white people through, through Mexico, you know, in the 50s. Yeah. And before that, it was used as a medicine. I mean, yeah. most shamanic use of it, which I'm not, you know... Yeah. A lot of that is just kind of like selling mushrooms to tourists. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of that indigenous use was solely as a medicine. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't the shaman or mystic man eating them and then doing the journey for you, it was you doing it with him because right. you're sick, because there's something right. going on. Right. And, uh, you know, there's been trending. I'm always getting links from people of like, have you seen this? The New York Times articles on magic mushrooms, good for your brain health and curing pizza. You know, it's... It's yeah. trending outside of my algorithm. It's hard, right? it's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> right. but, uh, uh, Netflix just came out with the How to Change Your Mind, which was based off Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. Yeah. Which I, I read the book. It is very, I mean, they just repeat everything on the, but yeah. it, it's nice. I mean, it's, it, was, it was top 10 for a moment. Netflix watches, you know. Yeah. It's, it's out there enough where people don't just dismiss it as a drug or right. recreational thing. Right. Because it can be both. Yeah. You know, it can absolutely be both. And most most things can. I mean, pharmaceuticals are certainly used recreationally as well, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. And how long ago was the Western world insisting on cyanide and mercury doses <laughs> for the people, <laughs> you know, like right. just put some cow dung yeah. in that wound and yeah. take some mercury, you yeah. know. Take take uranium. It's yeah. good. For, put it on your skin. Yeah. It gives well, you a you healthy glow. Are you sleeping upside down, or are right? you being an idiot? You need to bleed all that out and then get put get some leeches right. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So you know the it's, hubris of humanity. Yeah. So that the so that magic mushrooms are a schedule one is tragic. You know, yes. It's absolutely tragic. Yes. And as a you know mushroom enthusiast out there's magic mushrooms everywhere year round all the time. Right. I mean, it's like there's gymnopilus species, there's pluteus species, there's, you know, uh, the psilocybe, there's penelis, coplandia. There's there's more than just the, the regular gold cap or the whatever. Regular magic the regular sure. psilocybe cubensis. So. Which I'm completely unfamiliar. Well, if you if you were to be in that, it's not like it would. it's a difficult thing to control <laughs> when it just grows every time it rains you've got a exactly. new sweeping of uh, psilocybin yeah. compound mushrooms in, in, yeah. in the region but let's legislate it yeah yeah don't don't pick it and dry it yeah savannah hydroponics and organics is your local resource for all your gardening needs in addition to having all the supplies and gear that you require, their staff is knowledgeable and passionate about helping you walk away with the tools needed to confidently grow your own food and medicine. No matter if you're growing indoors or outdoors, in containers or in the ground, 
Whether you want to grow your first tomato or you've been gardening for decades, Savannah Hydroponics and Organics is here to help you grow. Visit the shop in Garden City, find them on social media, and check out their website, savannahydro.com. So another thing too, um, and I know you talked about, I did a mushroom walk with you a couple yes. years ago. I want to do more mushroom walks so bad. Yeah. The only reason I started the farm was to do things like that. You yeah. Know? I know I'm stuck at the farm all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Oh, the, the burdens of growth. But uh, one of the yeah. things, too, that you talked about a lot was the turkey tail. Yeah. Mushroom. So that's another one that has a lot of medicinal values that, that, that don't get taken advantage of here in the U.S., but are are used elsewhere yeah just hugely responsible for large cancer treatments in japan which Mm -hmm. does you know uh so actually turkey tail if you grow that mycelium out and then ferment it that's actually they've been using this fermented turkey tail product Mm. uh so it's kind of a a step beyond you can do dual extractions with the turkey tail mushroom and i think that there's probably just more to be said about the potential of turkey tail because it's just the leader of what has more research behind it. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the, Probably reishi, it the has Ganoderma is always the, the mushroom of long life and all that. There's, there's popular mushrooms that have almost no science that we would consider, you know, uh, right. legitimate, any, any decent size control people. I mean, you know, uh, that we just assume are good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do see that, you know, all mushrooms have, ergothionine and things that we we were finding are really good for brain health Mm -hmm. like oyster mushrooms a lot of the and oyster mushrooms is kind of a a blanket term there's lots of mushrooms in the genus Perotus but uh, have huge amounts of of vitamin B and make and and photo photo react and and make a higher vitamin content with Um, exposure to sunlight mm -hmm. and just you know full of uh, potassium and have iron in them you know it's Mm -hmm. just like they're downplayed for those qualities yeah and so for the medicines it's like just to make it's i I just consider it a fuzzy line between you know good food is good medicine right kind of thing right um but turkey tail and including mushrooms in your diet apparently has some evidence to show is is Mm. very very good for you and penicillin and 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 yeast and Mm -hmm. things that we we use all the time are just responsible for a lot of society being around us (laughs) yeah you know for beer and breads originally and and penicillin hasn't been around that long, or, you know, our, our use of penicillin hasn't right. been around that long. Um, but, yeah, mushrooms are, mushrooms have been helping out. Any way that we interact with them seems to, seems to benefit us. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I'd say viral infections and, and things like that. I mean, most people, you have to be very immunocompromised, and you have to be super sensitive to things like every breath you take has dozens of species of, of fungal spores in it. Um, right. So, you know, I know there's, there's fungal infections and things like that. There's certain can be, be some problems, but, uh, you know, mushrooms are good. Mushrooms yeah. are good for most things. Yeah. And I like all the use of mushrooms in textiles as well lately, not just food and medicine, but mm-hmm. using the mycelium that I'm growing as insulation or making molded building blocks out oh, of it. Wow. Uh, there's lots of cool stuff that can be done yeah. with, with the material. Yeah, I had seen recently, too, about um, a type of mushroom that actually eats plastic, breaks down plastic. Yeah, lots of mushrooms, apparently, yeah. can get to plastic a little bit. So the, that's kind of cool. The provider of my bags, Unicorn Bags, mm-hmm. uh, distributes super cheap, just it believes in giving this fungus out to the world of plastic oh. eating. Uh, next round, I'm going to buy a plate from you, Unicorn Bags, I promise. Okay. Uh, but some mushrooms, I mean, the Pleurotus, the, the Ostriatus, the, the blue oysters I'm growing, can even eat crude petroleum and can just encounter something and moments later learn how to metabolize and eat that wow. something. Uh, there's been evidence to show from a scientist in South Carolina, actually, that uh, the metabolites exuded from the mycelium when it encounters an infection or encounters some kind of competition. Mm-hmm. It can safely eat through it but it's gonna exude these excess metabolites uh taking that metabolite expanding it something to ten thousand times being able to make gallons of an antibiotic specialized to the bacteria that that mushroom just metabolizes you know the mushroom generating 
uh, Trent Cotter is his name, and he, he's, he lectures about it all the time. He's, yeah. he's, he's a believer. Yeah. He's like a full-on cultist <laughs> believer in this, and he's out there preaching it. Yeah. Uh, but worth listening to on the subject. But yeah. Believes that maybe one day, you know, you get a culture swab from your cold, and they rub it on a plate of mycelium, and you come back a few days later when they've made your, you know, a, a specific anti- antibody for your wow. bacteria instead of these generalized, yeah. you know, antibiotics loads that are going through a lot of our meat production and yeah. are, are given to us in big, big rounds yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, it could it could be done. Yeah, very cool. So there's a lot of cool things coming out with mushrooms. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope it, it trends towards our legislation and our and our, our everything. I, I like the textile thing; it's very exciting to me. Yeah. Scad kids come up at the market. They're all hearing about it. You know, they're yeah. on. They're on to the trends, and hopefully, one of them grabs a hold of some some swampy old seed brand something yeah. and let me ride their coattails somewhere. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you need to be recruiting over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I'm. I'm stressed about going to Lowe's afterwards. Still, I gotta. You know, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So, what are your what are your plans? For the future, I know you, you said you want to be able to supply most just pretty much direct to Yeah, I to mentioned uh, and... I mentioned at the beginning the competition. You know, I'm always hearing about small grassroots mushroom farms coming up. Yeah. Uh, lots of people are retrofitting garages into mushroom farms. Yeah. And, and, and I'm a believer, and I'll, I'll prove it every day, toiling away, that a lot of mushrooms can come out of a small space. Yeah. Um, but there's also larger competition. Uh, on its way it's it's happening you know yeah and so I want to be uh, I want to farm pro I want to do more classes I want to do things like that Mm. Uh, but I think I need a bigger farm so I think over the next couple of years my two containers it's hard the vision right now is to build a six container operation produce Mm -hmm. four or five hundred pounds a week if I can not just me covering my bills, but maybe even having a couple of buddies that can rely on their bills being paid as well. Right. Uh, and would love to start stepping into that delegating work managerial role. Yeah. Where I can go teach about mushrooms and, yeah. and stuff like that. If it's going to be trending and it's my world, I, I want to be part of it still. I love yeah. talking about it. And I don't want to discourage any farm. The competition, everybody... I still, I can't help but wish them well. Right. <laughs> it's like, I'll meet these mushroom farmers and, oh, I want them to be assholes. It's not. That's not the type, you know. If they are, I am. Because everybody's yeah. just chill, cool, dude, right. just going mushroom farm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, do it. I can't, I can't help but be for it. Uh, I but, was, yeah, I want to sell, I want to sell the restaurants, yeah. have a good farmer's market, teach classes, you know, yeah. be big enough to sustain what I, what I yeah. want to do here. Yeah. I'll never retire, but big yeah. enough to sustain well, and as long as you're enjoying what you're doing and you get to move into a more managerial position, you wouldn't need to retire, you know, oh, you yeah. do it for the rest of your life. I'll just get a lawn chair and sit on top of one mm-hmm. of the containers. The older you get, the grouchier you can get. Hey, move faster over there. Yeah, <laughs> just me and my pound of now legal cannabis Yeah, there me. you go. Yeah. And it'll take that long, but I'll be there. Just blabbering. That's right, you won't have to be a grumpy old man. Just blabbering <laughs> no from the top of the container. It's the workers I've had lately. I mean, they're 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 good. Uh, yeah, I've really been enjoying it. But nobody does it one hundred percent perfectly right. <laughs> I'm learning to right. step away from that a little yeah. bit. Uh, I haven't learned it very much at all, but I'm starting to learn it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I think that's hard when you're when you're the only person doing it for a long time. It, I'm sure it's hard to kind of let go of a little bit of that. Oh yeah, me Control. in particular. <laughs> <laughs> me in particular. You know, it's just loading pasteurizing mulch and inoculating it with fungus. You know, yeah. it can be it can be summarized, but every little step, I like it done perfectly. Yeah, and it helps out. It's worth it sometimes. How uh, old were you when you first got interested in mushrooms? Uh, no, I grew up in Northern Ware County, Dixie Union, Georgia, mm-hmm. and there was not neighborhood kids, things like that. We made our own fun, and I I think early high school something like that not quite looking for psychedelics but you know young high school kid yeah started looking for mushrooms in particular on hikes and walks and, and yeah and stuff i really enjoyed mushrooms kicking them throwing them against trees you know aiming for them with lawnmowers interacting <laughs> with them which is fine it's like picking an apple off a tree and throwing it you know the apple might like that in some <laughs> some terrible it, it may, pervert yeah. way uh but uh <laughs> 
I'd say the hunt for magic mushrooms began <laughs> later high school years. Mm-hmm. And to learn what you, if you're really going to pick a mushroom from the wilderness and eat it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a late bloomer and nerd at heart always. And that, so I, w- I was Googling it to death, you know. Right. Uh, and so I was, I feel like amongst friends and stuff started being known as a mushroom nerd and, you know, mushroom enthusiast. Mm-hmm. By t- by twenty twenty two something like that. I'm yeah. thirty four now. Yeah. And so I mean, all most all my college classes, you know, would would refer to the mushroom. You know, when there was a mushroom article that came up in the in the class right. or something, it'd be, I was known as the mushroom guy. Right. The the first sale was to was of truffles was of pecan truffles to a chef. Mm-hmm. And that was I mean the same season as those chanterelles going to the Forsyth Farmers Market, which is I guess coming up on seven years something like that. Yeah. So that's when it really. You know, yeah. What are you going to call yourself? Clicked Swampy Appleseed right. with my username. I'll go with that. Right. And it has stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just you know, it's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. It's, but uh, yeah, seven years, I guess. Yeah. And that it's been the entity, but fifteen years that it's been an obsession. Right. You know, not quite half my life now. <laughs> not quite half. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I still I plan on continuing that you know I wanna I wanna get better at my taxonomy I wanna get better at the farm you know have mm-hmm. an easier to maintain farm I make it happen because here's the thing I built but like right. anything else the second time I build it it's gonna right. be so much better right um, so it's uh, this farm and the shape that it's in now operating as is is less than two years you know a year and a half two years yeah the entity it is now. Yeah. And uh, I have a big piece of equipment arriving at the port oh. of Savannah, and I pick it up Monday. How I'm exciting. So excited. What is that? Uh, it's a bag separator. Uh, when I'm done producing mushrooms out of these bags of mulch, they, they generate several rounds of mushrooms. Well, then it's this bag of myceliated mulch that I usually rip the bag open, right. dump the mulch on one side, load the, other, the, load the plastic bag into a trash bag. Right. And they're like a number five recycle. If I could clean them, like there's there's better yeah. things I could do. But it's the it's the tail of the operation so that's always been the last, you know, thing to do on the totem pole yeah. and I've been putting it off. I got a kidney stone a year and a half ago. Uh and it was just like fell behind hundreds of bags. I still had to oh, keep wow. production because the yeah. like Georgia Power didn't care about my kidney stone. Right. Uh, How rude. <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> you guys, it's actually like not having a good time. Uh <laughs> But anyway, it fell behind. It's just been such a, a labor-intensive thing. And yeah. it's a, a beautiful mulch. Yeah. It turns into a beautiful compost really quickly. It's a very, very yeah, uh, I've taken, active living thing. taken some home in the yeah. back of my truck a few times. <laughs> I try to trick everyone into taking piles of it away. <laughs> no, uh, I liked it, but yeah, I, when you talk about labor-intensive, it is. I'm going to throw it into the machine. It's got a little auger-shaped blade in there, uh-huh. and it... And it uh, rips the bag open and spits the plastic out one end oh, cool. and spits the mulch out the other. Cool. And so apparently it can operate as many as I can chuck into it at a time. Yeah. And, and it's going to kind of solve one of the big kinks in the in the system. You know? Yeah. Well, well, you can actually create a sellable byproduct. Oh, well, I, was, I was about to say one yeah. of the, the kind of products that every mushroom farm my size has available is, you know, yards of mushroom mulch. I mean, right. It's a, a part of the business because it is such... I want to unload 300 of these bags into that pile every week. And yeah. It adds up. It adds yeah. up very quickly. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'll end up with a beautiful, beautiful mulch, another product to be had. Mm-hmm. And the worst that can happen to it is this compost I got to spread throughout the yard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but real excited about it. Yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. That's and so and then the farm will be a new entity with a new, a new piece of machinery to solve all my issues. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> about it. 2023 and me. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's Monday. So um, I'll let you get back to to work in a minute or two. But um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about if somebody wants to grow mushrooms at home. Maybe if you have some tips. Yeah, we are sitting here at and... this uh, professional recording studio. Yes, exactly. Uh, at the mushroom farm, right. we are right next to a bunch of logs stacked together in like Lincoln log fashion. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to describe yeah. it. Uh, I have Lincoln Logs of sweet gum, and I was preaching this before the professional studio equipment was turned on, <laughs> uh, that sweet gum is such a quick, regenerative tree yeah. uh, that a lot of people want out of the way. Um, 
And anyway, you can you don't need a lab set up. We didn't go into the detail of my farm. My farm in, does involve little sensitive uh, parts of that transfer of mycelium uh, into into materials that need to be freshly pasteurized or mm-hmm. or sterilized. There's there's a difference, um, and moved around in in a, in a clean environment where I have some homemade lab equipment and things that that aid out, but. Not everyone wants to go the full mile, you know, right. uh, with a drill and a chainsaw, you can produce a lot of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these Lincoln logs stacked here are sweet gum. I get them between three and six inch diameter, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a little bigger than my arm. That's cause I want to move them around and that gives a good lifespan of the log. I drilled a bunch of holes in that log. I did it about six inches apart. Uh, in, in four or five rows, just so that the entire log was surrounded by these, mm-hmm. these, these drilled holes, uh, five sixteenths, which is the size of a wooden dowel, the classic okay. wooden dowels. And you can buy these in lots of a thousand. They're dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, for 30 or 40 bucks, you've got enough to make a few hundred of these logs oh, if wow. you want it. So you have your, your logs. I cut them in four foot sections, these logs, drill the holes all in them, hammer in the dowel plugs. You cover those plugs with wax. Um, you can use soy-based wax and things that are soft enough at room temperature where you don't need to sit there with, with beeswax and a double, double boiler, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just use anything to basically cover that port where you put that little dowel plug in there. Uh, that is your mycelium, is run onto that dowel plug. So you've hammered the fungus into the log. You've covered it up so that the so outside wood. So you bought an inoculated. So you bought a bag plug. of inoculated uh, dowel plugs. Okay. It looks like a bag of white moldy plugs. You okay. Know? And gotcha. you just take those and you hammer them into the the holes that you drilled in your log and cover them with wax. It takes about a year, uh, maybe longer. You want to keep them in the shade all the time. Mm-hmm. There's different ways to do it, but they want a little airflow, which is why I kind of have mine crisscrossed out. Right. Uh, I also just didn't have a ton of room. I, uh, but anyway, of all the methods to do, they just want to be in the shade. Mm-hmm. That fungus is branching away from that dowel plug and eating up that sweet gum log. Mm-hmm. And it takes about eight months to a year, but now these logs are about to be fully colonized. And around this Christmas time is, is my bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to start erupting in shiitake mushrooms. Okay. And then every year, for the next five or six years, these size logs take about five or six years to, to rot away. <laughs> yeah. uh, every year, I will get around three to five pounds per log per year. So, you know, you sit there with a few sawhorses, you know, get, mm-hmm. get in the work zone with a buddy, a chainsaw and a drill. You can make 100 logs in a weekend. You know, that's going to turn into a couple of hundred pounds of mm-hmm. mushrooms the next season. Wow. So it's a good passive way to do it. Mushrooms can also be taking that mycelium and stretching it into mulch beds. You can also just make big outdoor beds that mm-hmm. will grow mushrooms as well. In this climate, we're in South Georgia. I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this are going to be in, mm-hmm. in, in the southeast, you know. Right. Uh, logs are, are more accessible to us than mulch beds. Yeah. We've got bugs, if you haven't noticed, and we've got humidity and rot, and it's, it's just a lot of competition for them. Yeah. Uh, I could just be terrible at it. I don't have a lot of experience with it, but the logs seem to do all right. Yeah. And that's a nice way to go vertical, too. I mean, you're not taking up a lot of square footage in terms of of the space that you're using uh, look so what a landscape timber how yeah. long does it realistically last sitting yeah. there if it's a shaded part why not just make it part of your industrial design yeah on the, you know incorporate uh standing them up vertically buried in dirt is a really popular way to grow them mm-hmm. oh just like a single log yeah so you're one half square foot is yeah your, is yeah. your you know and, and it, cool it produces too. several pounds which is uh, you know to visualize several pounds, it sounds like nothing per lobe. It's a decent amount of mushrooms. Yeah. A pound is a full meal of mushrooms for yeah. you and two people, I'd yeah. say. So good good passive way to, to take care of some trees. Yeah. can be done on lots of oaks and things like that. This is the, I say big experiment for me. This has been proven time and time again by much better growers than me mm-hmm. that sweet gum's a good tree for it. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else that you want people to know about mushrooms or about swampy apple seed or? Yeah, you know, no. Come see me at the Forsyth Farmer's Market every Saturday. Yeah. Good plug. Uh, got to wait in line because he's always got lots of people there. I hear <laughs> at the mushroom classes, and I guess you've probably heard this from me before, but there are mushrooms that can kill you for sure. And there's lots, lots more mushrooms that you could eat that you would seriously regret eating. Yeah. Field guys call it severe gastric upset. You know, <laughs> 24 to 48 hours, severe gastric upset. That can be like 
all bowels, every direction, everything <laughs> for 24 hours. It can be brutal, you yeah, know. I'm sure. So there are there are toxic mushrooms out there. Yeah. Uh, there are be few safe. that aren't even necessarily uncommon here that can lead to that organ failure and, and kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Amanita uh, in particular, which is a, a large genus, but uh, a, a small group of it can is is pretty pretty deadly and is common here. Mm-hmm. All that said, that's like I want to say a quick kind of passive tone with that warning, All right? Because I hear so much fear mongering behind it, you know. Because some mushrooms can kill you. It's turned into this big taboo thing, where it's now not part of our culture in mm-hmm. the southeast to go pick mushrooms. Right. It's trending now. Chanterelles, right. chicken of the woods, lion's mane, even truffles in our pecan orchards. There's some mushrooms that don't have, uh, with any familiarity, do not have what we consider lookalikes. Mm-hmm. Chicken of the woods and lion's mane, some of them in particular, learning one mushroom is kind of how it starts, but mushrooms right. are far more accessible than what's really kind of preached anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can touch all mushrooms. You can smell all mushrooms. It's only dangerous if you ingest a toxic mushroom. Mm-hmm. So mushrooms are safe to be explored and things like that. And you can really feed yourself. I mean, throughout the year here, mm-hmm. if you just learn a handful of mushrooms. Yeah. Chanterelle season will fade into the chicken of the woods and lion's mane season, which will fade into hedgehog season, which mm-hmm. can, you know... And by the time it comes around, it's chanterelle season again. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, it, it's a it's an accessible thing. Yeah. You don't need to be an expert. So where can you go? I mean, I'm not asking you to give away where you go. And I, get I yours, wouldn't. I wouldn't. But, but like, you know, for the average person yeah, who doesn't I, have a forest in their backyard or whatever, I where do you I get this question a lot. I'm for, I don't have a forest in my backyard. You know, I'm picturing a few thousand pounds of mushrooms between me and a decent piece of property one day. But yeah. I want to have property one day, uh, but I'm, I'm one of those people as well. So I, as the mushroom nerd, you know, I do have years of collecting spots. Right. A lot of it's my grandparents. I mean, it doesn't hurt to say my, my grandparents have a lot of right. property along Dryden Creek that uh, is accessible to me and no one else. If I yeah. see someone else there, I would be the suspicious one. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, but for, for the, the without that privilege and stuff, Georgia in particular has great WMAs, uh, Wildlife mm-hmm. Management Areas. Uh, and I, <laughs> how many DNR are listening to it? You know, <laughs> you can collect mushrooms on WMAs unless you're going to sell them. Mm. You know, so swampy apple seed can't go get it, right. which is a shame because there's so <laughs> a lot of WMAs are donated or bought by the land. Uh, they're places that can't really be farmed well. They're yeah. they're uh, they're floodplains. They're chanterelle habitat. You know, mm. they're beautiful. I believe just like berries, you can pick them and eat them, but mm. you cannot sell them. But most people are not after that, you yeah, know, and you to sell and them requires uh, insurance, you know, requires yeah. hurdles that a lot of people are not going to want to go through. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't say don't buy chanterelles off like Craigslist or Facebook right. Marketplace, maybe, you know, yeah. uh, more game to the people doing that. I hope they know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, uh, it is accessible. So you can I would believe people. I want to believe people. But uh, <laughs> but no, these WMAs are. Uh, you need a fishing license or you need a lands pass mm-hmm. either way. I think it's two years, a license for $30. Yeah. Um, I never see DNR. I never see anybody out there. I mean, get your license, but right. you realistically yeah. wouldn't have to, you right. know, uh, but it's uh, state land that is like, unless it's the first or last week of hunting season, yeah. it's like outdoors is not really the culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get it. Air conditioning is sweet. You yeah. Know? But really yeah. a lot of these WMAs, you can go to Georgia's DNR website and it's updated in the last few years. It used to be a very crude link, but now you can see a map. And they brag every citizen is within an hour's drive of two mm-hmm. WMAs. Huge, hundreds of acre expanses, oftentimes with, with pathways, sometimes abandoned and not maintained, but mm-hmm. access to beautiful mixed hardwood, pine forest, you know. Here in the south, without huge elevation gain everywhere, even a little subtle sand hill to a swampy area is several micro ecosystems to explore mm-hmm. in a very small area and it's subtropical here sometimes if it rains it's mushroom season so mm-hmm. get a fishing license get a lands pass and take advantage of some of that state land yeah uh the worst that's going to happen no one's ever there is that it's hunting season and you're in the wrong place without a vest you know <laughs> and i mentioned that because it's coming up yeah. uh but you know, it's uh, good idea to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, yeah, maybe and wear that, that's register season, and that's when you will run into DNR. Right. They're out there monitoring it. But for most of the year, 
you know, it's uh, it's totally available. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You'd be surprised, you know, check how much of a of a of a loading dock or a loading spot on the river, how much of that public land access is, is mapped out. Because you might right. have more, you know, lots of places it looks like it's just a little parking lot, but there's actually a little trail. There's somewhere right. you're, you know, uh, every park, especially manicured mulch beds and stuff. I mean, mushrooms are everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you don't need, you know, wild old growth expanses yeah. to, to hunt mushrooms by any means. But yeah certainly helps cool. to get out into a forest. And that, yeah. I'll pitch the WMAs. That's the that's yeah. the most accessible way to most people. Yeah. That's very cool. I had never thought about that either, so that's kind of cool. I would love to run into someone out in the middle of the woods in Georgia looking for mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it hasn't happened. Like, yeah. It would be so cool to not be the only one out there. Yeah. The well, I, I love <laughs> the idea of foraging and, and that kind of you know i i had been wanting for someone to kind of mentor me in terms of of plant life and yeah berries it's so overwhelming yeah and i'm not one of those people like like they'll have like the picture and the draw and to me it never is like oh yeah well mushrooms (laughs) if it's a foot over and gets more sunlight than the same flush same like same chanterelle in the sunlight has been sun bleached and smaller Uh, uh and you know there's lots of things with mushrooms you need to be familiar with trees and stuff yeah Uh, but for foraging, my last my last preach here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of foraging, that's so popular. Ramps, you know, mm-hmm. in in the Appalachia area, it's like uh, not as sustainable. Even doing it in a sustainable way. Right. It, there's n- almost no foraging, uh, and I'm not the most educated on it, but I've heard other people say this as well. But picking a mycorrhizal mushroom, not a decomposer. Not like an oyster mushroom off a dead log. That's mm-hmm. not like damaging, not as damaging as collecting firewood to an ecosystem. Uh, but but still, picking a mushroom that returns with the seasons, like chanterelles, for example, mm-hmm. you can pick 40 to 50 pounds a day when it's really rocking on season, you mm-hmm. know? And that is a ton of food. It can be pickled and preserved in various ways. Yeah. Uh, but it is one of the only... Uh, truly sustainable ways to forage yeah. out food out in the wilderness because yeah. you're just grabbing the food body the fruit body of a much larger older organism mm-hmm. and you're not damaging you know you're not out there trampling it to death you know right. it's holding the floodplains together uh human we're, we're walking contaminants with our dyes and our textiles you know we're not the friendliest thing in an ecosystem yeah. ourselves but I'm like, we're leaving urine out there and stuff, for sure. <laughs> but I try not to. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm free. Uh, but no, you know, it, to, be, to, to tread lightly, you know, mm-hmm. to learn more about it, it's difficult to sustainably go gather food, especially yeah. in mass. Yeah, for but sure. Mushrooms would be a way to do that. Yeah. You know, chanterelles are coming back. So, yeah. as far as we know. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So, you also kind of mentioned the, the pecan truffle. Oh yeah, it's the um, season. I've only been out once this year, but it's so year. so a lot of people don't realize. I mean, that would be something that a lot of people are unfamiliar with. How how yeah, common? Yeah, so uh, we probably have heard of truffles. You yeah. know, not chocolate truffles, mushroom truffles. Right. I was like, that comes out a lot of times. I'll have these long discussions, and then like five minutes in, they're like, oh, not chocolate. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like coming from the other world, you know. But You're like, uh, yeah, you don't ever find it's chocolate truffles. It's a little naughty looking mushroom that does not resemble a toadstool cap and stem shaped mushroom. It looks yeah. like a little rock or something underground. Yeah. And in parts of the world, truffles are very, very famous uh, for their deep, earthy aroma. Until I'm selling one, I'm just going to say it's stinky. It stinks like old stinky feet. They're awful. <laughs> You know, I'll right. call it aromatic and delicious when I when right. the time the, comes. The you know, at the market, farmers market to the shop, and I'm not lying. I'm just being selective, you right? Because it's not for everyone, right? Uh, but in parts of the world, there are truffles that sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very prized thing. It's a mycorrhizal, meaning it's another mushroom living with the cycle of the tree as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, anyway, we have it's a it's a fairly large genus, a group of genre of mushrooms. Uh, that you know form these truffle growths uh, with their host trees, and Georgia has uh, tuber leonii, and I think it's now a tuber brenemices, named after Tim Brenneman, a professor at UGA. Mm. Uh, but a very very common truffle species, this leonii is what I'm going to be forced to call it, I think, until I know better. Uh, that's growing really really you know gregariously with pecan trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been some like it's not a 
thousand dollar a pound Italian tuber magnum of air. You know, it's not right. the famous, but it is a pungent, fresh local truffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things holding it back, however, is it comes up with harvest season, and it's really as as everywhere. You know, as 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 endemic as they are to the area it's what are you spraying and when are you spraying it mm-hmm. when are you running that equipment things like that are, are limiting to it just yeah because I'm, I'm ignorant to a lot of it so i want to take clean areas that are yeah you know 14 weeks clean and uh yeah. but so working with the farmer and then it's during the harvest season is when they're most yeah. most prolific so yeah starts around now late july august but i find that peak season is september october november something mm-hmm. like that uh, but when you gather a fully mature Tuberleonii, their their method of dispersing spores is to be stinky. They mature and then they crack open this perennial. Oh, we got some badass here revving an engine. <laughs> Let the intimidator helpful. pass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's insane how, sure. cool, how cool that person is. Right. Anyway, this peridium cracks open the skin really and then it releases this aroma. And it wants to be found by something and it's spread in the scat of small mammals yeah. and stuff. So. Uh, it's got a pheromone that it wants humans to be attracted to it, you know. Right. Uh, and they'll grab this truffle and raw shave it onto pastas and warm dishes to kind of make it. It's an olfactory experience. You're in yeah. this little stinky cloud of, you know, just have a pair of rotten socks next to your plate. Uh, it's better than that, though. Oh, it's tasty. <laughs> uh, and the, the, there's been rumors that it's not a flavorful truffle. And that's because, you know, some of the limitations with gathering it in big amounts... Uh, and it's going to be Pekin farmers that don't really know what the life cycle of a truffle involves right. and when you want to pick a truffle and how you're going to store that truffle. Yeah. Uh, those pheromones are, are fleeting. You know, that smell is on its way out. So yeah. it needs to be ruining someone's pasta within the next five or six days, something like that, to get the full, like... <laughs> experience full lovely yeah (laughs) i'm not grimacing i'm smiling and 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 how and how much do chefs pay you for this so uh well whatever i can trick them into it's changed over the years of course you know uh a few hundred bucks a pound Mm -hmm. too cheaper you know a lot of these things are pea or marble sized and so Mm -hmm. the truffle the chef is kind of uh even though they're fully mature and aromatic He's forced to make a compote butter and sit there with a right, the microplane. Right. You know, he can't like have beautiful little microplane right. disc on the plate. Uh, so it depends on the size, the condition, the freshness, all yeah. that. A hundred bucks to four hundred bucks a yeah. pound, uh, which compared to other truffles is just dirt cheap, you right. know. But it's also at farmers markets. You know, I'm saying on the recording, come haggle me. You know, yeah. I want more people to know that there's truffles out there. Yeah. And if they, you know, hear from someone that they're flavorless, you know, it's just like, tastes like a pecan or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I want to prove them wrong. You know, it is a stinky truffle. It just has right. to be collected right and stored right. Things like that. Uh, but yeah, that's just one of the, the many things. I mean, chanterelles yeah. are 20 bucks a pound. Yeah. Uh, you can haggle a chef to 20 bucks a pound if you so choose. Yeah. I don't. I want to come back the next week. You right. Know, but uh, chanterelles are a high value thing. Yeah. Uh, truffles are a high value thing. So are lion's mane and chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, a lot of these things are just more common in our area, but far more taboo. I mean, to pick a mushroom off the tree in front of my grandparents would have been like, you know, wash your hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. What so. are you doing? Yeah. Don't be yeah. scared of mushrooms. They can they can solve everything, and they're they're yeah. a bit more available. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks for talking with me today. All right. Thanks for it's having been me. Fun. Yeah, I don't it's know. I hope you fun. cut it up and make me sound cool and make it fun. So. Oh, I don't think I need to cut it up too much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Morning Bell Farms is a family owned and operated U Pick Blueberry Farm, which is USDA organic certified. Located in Woodbine in South Georgia, the farm is open Thursdays and Saturdays from 9 to 5 and Sundays from 1 to 5 during the blueberry season, which is going on now through early July. Be sure to like and follow them on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all the happenings. So think outside the city limits, take your family at the farm, enjoy the thrill of the hunt, a picture-perfect setting, and simple pleasures long forgotten. Oh, and be sure to get some fresh-squeezed blueberry lemonade while you're there. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I know there's a million things you could be doing with your time, and I'm so grateful that you chose to spend some of it here with me. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share it, leave us a comment, or shoot me an email at info at southernsoil.org and let me know what you liked about the show or what you'd like to hear more of.
Hope you have a great day and check us out on social media. Be sure to give us a follow and a like. One thing I'm lacking in is professionalism. No worries.